Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, oh, we're back in 2021. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I am 889's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. We are Cinebuds. Today, we are talking about the movie Soul. What the... What is this place? What's your name, honey? Uh, I'm Joe. I teach middle school band. Soul is the newest movie from Pixar. It is directed by Pete Docter, who directed Monsters, Inc., Inside Out, and Up. What is Soul about, Christopher Pollard? Uh, Soul is about a, a school teacher and musician who pre- uh-oh, and my cat has some input. That's funny right? because the right. cat is involved in the movie. It was <laughs> yeah, like a that's perfect true. Same. I think that's why she's so interested in talking about it. Is it something for her? Um, uh, a musician and teacher who prematurely passes away and whose soul desperately fights to get back in his body. Mm-hmm. So it's about the afterlife, about the existence, about the meaning of everything, about what we're doing on Earth and what we do afterwards. It's it's like one of those Pixar movies that is talking about our like our feelings and our thoughts and really grapples with like the big issues of the world. Christopher, how do you think they did? How do you how did you like it? Yeah, they answered all of them. Uh, it was pretty pretty neat and clean. Wow, we figured it out. Who knew uh, that Pixar would finally. <laughs> be the ones to say here's what it's all about um i loved this movie very simply really enjoyed it and it was very heartfelt and sweet the animation's great i mean pixar always does a good job that's not true uh pixar, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> pixar. Some shade. it's not a shot it's not shot fired just you know no one's perfect i'm just saying they do a great job most of the time with this uh type of film and it was lovely. I liked everybody in it. I love playing that game where you try to decide whose whose voice is whose. Uh, <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite. Did not know that that was Jamie Foxx the whole time. I was like, I sounds familiar, but I don't know who it is. Wow. So, but yeah, I thought it was lovely and sweet and very funny. I also liked it a lot. Yeah. But also, I think that I suffer from having extraordinarily high expectations when it comes to Pixar movies, especially uh, with Pete Docter, Inside Out and Monsters, Inc. are like two of my all, like all-time favorite Pixar movies. And uh, I wanted to love this more than I was, more than I did. But I, I, I heard, I like talked to some other people about it too that had some like, I don't know, like some... Um, some like Pixar fatigue on it being like, I am, I, my expectations are so high with Pixar and I'm constantly like, the work that they do is so good that it is like, there's no way that they could ever reach that. Um, Uh, I really liked it. I'm really, I really want to see how this movie stands on multiple viewings because that's how every Disney movie must be watched. Yeah. And I think that. Are you being paid by Disney? (laughs) <laughs> no uh, just to stand <laughs> but i want i want to know how this will be 
Because also, I think that it suffered a bit from where I watched it. We didn't have the neutral experience of the control of the movie theater. And so um, I do want to know how this stands up. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I did not cry, and I'm an easy crier. Very easy. I didn't only because someone was in the room with me. If if I was alone, I would have been Niagara Falls. You're cry shy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little cry shy. I I fight it. If I feel it coming on and someone's there, I'm like, get it together. Get it together. I smack myself in the face a few times. It's okay. It's okay to cry. No, I have to be solid. (laughs) Soul. We're going to get more into it after the break. We make it our mission to amplify positivity, so we're starting 2021 with gratitude. Thank you for supporting the Radio Milwaukee team. Because of you, we're still here to be your work-from-home companions, your go-to for music discovery, and more. We're excited to bring you new projects this year, plus the programming you know and love. Want to help us make it? Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to join today. And we're back. Hello, right. everyone. Soul. One thing I did notice about this movie, and again, I like playing that game where I like, who is the voices that I know I can figure it out. But they had a really cool cast for this movie. I think one of the best yeah. Pixar's ever had. I think that I, I knew that we would sooner or later get to prob- what I am guessing is both of our favorite voice actors in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, the voice of Terry, Rachel House. Wait, you're incorrect, because I don't know who that is exactly. What? Terry was the, like, accountant? Ra- but who's Rachel House? Wait, did I miss this one? <gasps> oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> did you Back- miss that? Yeah, no, I did catch it, but I was like, I, f- I always forget her name. I don't know her name. Oh, yeah. Uh, solidly. Yeah. I was like, that is a Taika Waititi cast member. Oh, He's yeah. in all of Taika Waititi's films. Yeah. It was great to hear her, her. And also uh, my, my favorite Richard Iowate. I love it when his voice pops up in animated films all the time, but his is so distinct. So I was excited yeah. to see him too. Um, before we get into the details, let, let's just talk about the, like the storyboard and, and the, the concept of it. Sure. And uh, because I, I really love when Pixar is this ambitious. I think the like the other this movie is you could say like a companion to Inside Out, the movie that it is closest to of all the Pixar movies. So there's like a couple sure. as a paid employee of the Disney Corporation. Um, I, I I know their beats, and occasionally they will do uh you know they'll do a movie that's like trying to be a superhero movie, or they'll do uh you know they'll do an animal movie. Um, but this one is. The like the closest is is Inside Out in that it's trying to explain the big questions of the world, and I I love that it's a movie that will handle those. I love that it's not afraid to take on those topics. I love that it takes those in a way that um, doesn't talk down to people and is uh, it's. And 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 more so does it in an entertaining way. I think that the I think probably the best scene in this entire movie for me was uh, the barbershop scene. Yeah, where one of the characters they they go into this barbershop that Jamie Fox has been going to forever, and uh, they have this this bit where um, the what like one of the the characters twenty two she she like 
waxes philosophically in a way that like you just can't, but like made a lot of sense for the character and uh, like said a lot of pertinent things that were like on her mind that she was able to just like kind of like relax and say that she couldn't out of her like frustration for the for like her situation, but really kind of like explained her character and explaining her character uh, explained the meaninglessness of existence and why being alive sucks. Uh, and I thought it was like a really great way of doing that. And then also showing uh, like showing empathy for uh, fellow man. I thought that that was, I, I felt like that scene for me was a great example of like how they take these big ideas, say them in a way that is like, both silly and entertaining and also uh, points to the deeper philosophy behind kind of like the entire movie. Yeah. Which they're I thought was- sort of masterful at like the uh, spoonful of sugar helps medicine go down type of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they do it. They absolutely do it in a wonderful way. I thought the plot was heading in the direction of, Oh, he's going to realize that teaching is his passion. I'm not sure that he did not. No, I think I, I think you're right. I think he's got an appreciation for it, but I thought that was going to be the focus. I was kind of delighted to see that it was actually broader than that, which is just that I life, was too. Is, life is made up of experiences, and that's the quality. Uh, that's the that's the point. Um, so it's like not just one thing. One, two, three, four, stay on the beat. Two, three, four. That's in sharp horns. It felt like it naturally would have gone to being like, hey, like we showed that he didn't want to be a teacher. In the end, he shows that he wants to be a teacher. Um, And that is, I feel like that is a very tempting narrative for it to tell. And I'm not sure that it didn't do that. You know, like when he was at his best, at first I was like, that's kind of like a, it's kind of a down view on teaching, you know? I'm like the, you know, the most noble profession. And uh, it is kind of like showed teaching as a failure. And uh, at first I was kind of like, hmm. Um, well, I like that the, they, they showed him being like, I got to get out of this. But then he f- he has such delight and and the Tina Fey character does too in seeing the the results of their work. You seeing that girl who plays the trombone really realize that she does have a passion for it. And seeing the results, like no, oh, there is, there is, there's such value in what we do. So I didn't think it was totally like, no, teaching's crap. It was like, oh, there is value, even though this is a hard, sometimes thankless job. Yeah. So I think that it did a, a really great job of you know showing the philosophy behind the movie. And the more I think about it, the more I do like it. Um, areas for improvement on this, like I wasn't super impressed by the afterlife. Yeah. Well, I don't. I feel like one thing they weren't in the like official afterlife. They were in like a holding pen or a pre pre life, the before life pen too. So, yeah. <laughs> granted, if that was the whole actual actual afterlife, I'd be like, this is. I guess it's fine, but whatever. But uh, yeah, he was like, he didn't quite get there. He was in like the holding pen, and I thought it was pretty funny. I liked the bit where before life you go around and you try out all these different things to find out what your spark is. And they had so many options. And that was a very funny bit where they took Tina Fey's mm-hmm. character around to just try to find something that interests her. And she found something negative about all of it. Um, one thing I did like uh, about the animation, I, it was funny as I was watching it, like, like the animation's perfect. Like it always is, but I was kind of lamenting the days where mm-hmm. 
the goal of animation now is to make everything as detail oriented and seamless and realistic as possible. I mean, even though you have cartoon faces and bodies and whatnot, the, the, the hairs on the mustache will move, you know, all these yeah. like precise things. And it's beautiful. And it's really cool that we could do it. But I was kind of lamenting the days where it was like, you had to be more creative and do kind of more stylized things. I'm like, those days are gone. But then we get to that pre-life section and all the figures are these like almost abstracted line drawings of figures. And then I was kind of, I was kind of pleased mm. with, that they varied it a little and they had these figures that were more stylized. So it was kind of a nice throwback to some of some of more creative animation styles. One, I I genuinely think this is one of the best like variety of uh, actors they've had for any one of their films. There was every every time I recognized a new voice, I was like, "Oh, that's yeah. such a cool addition." But Jamie Fox was the lead, and Tina Fey uh, was the support, I guess, whatever the uh, <laughs> the supporting character. Um, but <clears throat> you had Graham Norton as the spiritual kind of advisor. Rachel House yeah. said. From uh, from Taika Waititi's films, yeah. Uh, but then you had any Richard Iwadi we mentioned, uh, Alice Braga. But then I was very excited to hear Felicia Rashad, which is Joe's mother. Yeah, yeah. What's in her voice? I'm like, that's such a comforting voice, and I oh. don't know why. And it's because she was Mrs. Cosby from the Cosby Show. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, that's such a good, such good casting. Uh, and Questlove was the drummer, was uh, Curly Baker, and I was. Also very excited about that. I've never heard him act, really. Uh, Angela Bassett, David Diggs. I mean, there was just such a cool cast. Fortune Feimster, who's this comedian uh, that we really like. It was great. I, I think my one of my favorite parts of this movie was its depiction of New York. It I went into this movie, like, I, I don't know. I've been, like, thinking a lot about New York this year. Um, and... Uh, it just the way that it showed the like the light in New York, and it had that kind of that that glowing, but it still showed like the kind of griminess of New York. I I just like left that movie, and the way that it shows, you know, Graham Norton's character is you know spinning a sign on a corner. Yeah. The way that it showed that like New York. You know, I, New York is a great metaphor for the movie and being that like you can do whatever you want and you you get to like choose your own happiness and you uh, like New York kind of like is that and it made me it really made me want to be in New York and I, I loved loved its depiction of New York. The funny thing and the sad thing is that you just ruined the movie for me. Why? <laughs> I famously am so tired of films about New York and L.A. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, you didn't really ruin it. I actually just, I, I, I think the the, <laughs> the opposite. The great thing about that movie is that I forgot that it was New York. <laughs> oh my god! I have nothing against New York as a city. I have a big problem with how many movies have to create a movie that has to be New York or has to be LA. Those are the yeah. only two movies that are like, oh, L.A. is a character. Like, I don't care about that character anymore. I've seen that character, but this was so lot. New York. And I, I mean, I feel like, like we the have jazz a- clubs. This, yeah, you know what? St. Yeah. Louis has great jazz clubs. New Orleans would have been an amazing setting for this. Uh, wow, Kansas love- City, Kansas City, sure. I would love 
any other cities to be featured in a film. I know I'm exaggerating, but not much. There's just too many. And it's fair. Yeah. And I understand those are the big filmmaking areas, but what a creative choice it would be to not uh, film (laughs) something. It just happens to be where you're standing. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. I have a little chip on my shoulder about that, but uh, still like the movie just a little bit less. (laughs) Where did you watch this? Home in my living room. I watched it. It was my sister's 21st birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Tatiana. Um, and, uh, my, you know, we're not going to go out to the bars. And, uh, so my, my, my brother made like a, a club Barney in his basement and, uh, and so it was just me and my brother and my sister. And, uh, and so like my sister got there at like seven 30 and, uh, and it had just come out and we watched it like then. And I think it was a, it was like we were watching it before we were going to do something else. We were like trying to like fit it in because we were like excited that it came out. And I, I just think it wasn't like the optimal viewing experience, which is like, I know that we have like lamented like what the theater does. And I, I so just like so took advantage of that. And I really like, remember we did that episode where we were talking about watching movies in the theater, watching at home. And I yeah. was like, I don't know. Like I really like movies, watching movies at home. I think it's underrated. And right. um, now that I have to do it all the time, it really, it just like the, the control that the theater gives yeah. you to be like, you are coming here to watch a movie. You cannot yeah. be distracted. You're not doing it like in between things. You are taking time out of your day to like go and do this. Yeah. Um, I think that that just, it has such an effect on on everything that we're watching. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it depends. Even within your home, there's a lot of factors that. Could. Yeah. So, yeah, it does. It, I mean, this was a very concentrated viewing for me in a season of vague uh, attention span that I've had. So this was good that I was I was sat and focused on this one pretty easily. But yeah, I've had a, several films where I'm like kind of paying attention or I'm anxious or whatever, you know, but yeah, you're right. Seeing it in the theater, you're just like locked in. It's like a, like a roller coaster. Um, okay. Soul. you've been, we've been, we haven't recorded in like two weeks. So I want to know our favorite segment. What else are you watching? Christopher? I want to know. Well, uh, I had a couple weeks off. So I watched a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, I will say, Interestingly, I, I never was interested in Prometheus, the movie Prometheus, uh, the oh, Ridley yeah, Scott yeah. film that he said was not a prequel, uh, and then it turns out it was a prequel. Right. Because um, I just kept hearing it was so bad. I got such bad reviews, and then I finally watched it, and it was actually pretty good. That's what happens when your expectations are so low. Yeah. Oh, I love low expectations. I, I know. Love, <laughs> low expectations. Such a boon. But yeah. Um, it was actually, it was lovely. Uh, visually, it was very, very nice. Um, but I actually really liked the story. I, I, I don't see what the problem was with it. It wasn't, I mean, I guess you hold it up to Alien and that's a problem. I thought it was really nice. Uh, I also watched a classic horror film called Sleepaway Camp, which is so bad and so amazing. <laughs> Why are you watching classic horror? That is not Christopher Yeah, because, you know, it's uh, Halloween. Halloween season's still going. <laughs> right? What's going on? But essentially, it's the worst actors you've ever seen. Like, maybe somebody who really wanted to be in musical theater. So they're playing to the back seats. Mm-hmm. And it's really terrible. And it's just like, the, all these people are picking on this girl. Anyway, 
the only reason this movie is worthwhile is the last two minutes, which is absolutely horrific to watch. It's like a completely different movie. And you get to the last two minutes and I was like, this should never, this is so upsetting to see. So yeah, I get it. I get why Sleepaway Camp is like a classic, uh, even though it's very annoying to watch until the last bit. And then it's just terrible to watch. Wow. What what a what a rave review. <laughs> it's a confusing review. It's a confusing review. I am confused. Yeah. Did you watch The Sound of Metal? I did not watch The Sound of Metal. Oh, you should watch The Sound of Metal. You like that one? It was, it was, a, I immediately finished it. It was like the day after we released our top 10. And oh, yeah. uh, I was like, oh, I wish I would have watched this a day before because it, it like, it would have been, it would have been up there. It would have definitely been in the top 10. I mean, oh, it might have wow. been like in the top six. Um, wow. Did you, have you heard about it? Yeah. Yeah. I've been seeing the, I even watched the trailer. It does look okay. good. I just haven't gotten around to it. It was, um, it was really, really good and kind of like different from how I expected. It's just a story that uh, there's just not stories like that. The story of going deaf and then like having to figure that out, how that like affects your life, how it affects your like relationships. And it, it was just like, it was just incredibly well shot. It was beautiful. It was thoughtful. Um, it was very, very good. Oh, you should that watch sounds it. great. Yeah, I'll definitely put that on my list. I also um, watched The Trial of the Chicago 7. Did you watch that? No. So I had heard, uh, um, I think that like you and Prometheus, I just like heard a lot of like not so great reviews on it. Yeah. It's uh, Aaron Sorkin and a lot of people have kind of like ideas on Aaron Sorkin being kind of like preachy or sanctimonious or something like that. And, um, I think I just like went in with low expectations too. And I was like, Oh wow, that was great. It was like, it, it was, it was moving. The characters were good. It was punchy. It was funny. It wasn't like the greatest thing I ever watched, but I was, uh, I enjoyed watching it a lot. I thought it was good. I thought it was, it was worth a watch. I think the takeaway is guys set your sights lower. <laughs> that is the takeaway. I it's mean, hard. It, yeah. In life, yeah, go for the shoot for the moon. But when you're watching, uh, reading a book, watching a movie, don't expect it to change your life, and then it's more likely to. <laughs> I know. I mean, this is like I feel like this is this is the issue with like you know my life and us doing this is like you. We love art, you know. We love things that are creative, and they affect us a lot and we want to tell other people about them. And also we want other people to tell us about them. And it takes a lot to get some people to do something, you know, to like be swayed. And so like, you have to be like, it was amazing. It was great. You should watch sound of metal. It was great. And then you just like, it takes so much like beating over the head for me to finally watch this movie that everyone's been talking about. And then because everyone has been, because it, Everyone needs to beat me over the head before I watch it. I watch it. I'm like, oh, it's not as great as everybody says it was because everyone had to climb this gigantic mountain to get me to to watch yeah. it. You know, it's it's the the more uh, intense you are about wanting somebody to see something, the more put off they tend to be. That's true. <laughs> it's it's an unfortunate byproduct of your own excitement. 
That's why all of our reviews are just. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I, I guess you could see it. I guess. That's what that's what I'm going to say from now on. I think you. Oh, you know what? The best way to get somebody to watch something is say, "I don't think you'd like it." Oh, that is the best. Just sort oh of challenge. Nothing gets me like that does. I I love a challenge. I love when someone's like, "I don't know, it might be too weird for you." It's not I'm for like, everybody. <laughs> oh my god, that is the clincher. <laughs> Not for we should end every one of these podcasts with I'm like, eh, it's not for everybody. Me? And everyone's gonna be like, think? Oh, I'll show you who it's for. Everybody listening, I knew that Christopher watched Soul and I texted him about it because he posted about it on Letterboxd and he had like a moment of paranoia where he was like, Are you watching me? <laughs> yeah. How did you what are you do? Where are you? I have my little birds. We had the the I have a What You Watch in Wednesday group, which is um, the love of my life, and I love it. And uh, all of I, some of the people in that group follow you on Letterboxd, and they were like, oh, Christopher is watching. Christopher watched Soul, and he loved it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to text him about it so we can do this. And then they also told me that you have been watching all the Harry Potter movies. Did I post one? I must have posted one. I thought I didn't. Oh, yeah. I think people are tapping my lines, man. People are watching you watch movies. (laughs) It's your dream. I got to get out of here. All right. This is terrifying. We we should end this. We should end this. (laughs) We should. All right. This is is Cinnabud. (laughs) Cinnabud's is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Thank you, Ah, Kenny. Good luck. We uh, our theme song is from a walking musician, Brett Newski. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. God bless. We also get um, support from Associated Bank. Thank you very much. And from our members from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. You're the best. And this would not be possible without... Peter Doctor. Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, you can rely on him is the thing that I like so much about him. Oh, boy. God bless you, Peter Doctor, wherever you are. (laughs) Wherever you are. Make an appointment. Yeah. Um, It's all right. Okay, that's it. We're done. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Bye.